0: Job chapter 11. Then Zophar the Naamathite answered, Shouldn't a multitude of words be answered? Should a man full of talk be justified? Should your boastings make men hold their peace? When you mock, will no man make you ashamed? For you say, My doctrine is pure, I am clean in your eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, That he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for true wisdom has two sides. Know therefore that God exacts of you less than your iniquity deserves. Can you fathom the mystery of God, or can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are high as heaven. What can you do? They are deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Its measure is longer than this earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by or confines or convenes a court, then who can oppress him? For he knows false men. He sees iniquity also, even though he doesn't consider it. An empty-headed man becomes wise when a man is born as a wild donkey's colt. If you set your heart aright, stretch out your hands toward him. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away. Don't let unrighteousness dwell in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face without spot. Yes, you will be steadfast and will not fear, for you will forget your misery. You will remember it like waters that have passed away. Life will be clearer than the noonday. Though there is darkness, it will be as the morning. You will be secure because there is hope. Yes, you will search and you will take your rest in safety. You will also lie down and no one will make you afraid. Yes, many will court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. They will have no hope to flee. Sorry, they will have no way to flee. Their hope will be the giving up of the spirit.
1: These are the comments for Job chapter 11. Now, uh, we're about to hear... You know, you've just heard the the first speech of Job's third friend, Zophar the Namathite. Don't you love the names from back then? And um, the three friends of Job are all gonna take turns having speeches, and you're gonna find that as we go through them all, that there are certain, um, certain like flavors to their speeches. Now, you might not pick this up on a casual reading of the book of Job, But if you study the book of Job, you'll notice that the three friends have a kind of an angle each. The big angle that they all have is that you're a sinner, repent. But each of them come from a certain perspective. So the first friend, Eliphaz the Temanite, he comes from the angle of experience. So he kind of like he speaks, he says Job's done the wrong thing, but he's kind of coming from a this is how the world works perspective. Look, figure it out. You know this is how it works. Get yourself sorted. The second friend, Bildad, he comes from a tradition point of view. So his speeches are kind of like flavored, like this is the way we do things. So the first friend, you know, this is how it works. The second friend is, this is how things are done. And the third friend, this guy, Zofar the Namathite, he's the voice of religion. So we have the voice of experience, the voice of tradition and the voice of religion. And he pretty much talks about the way things should be done. Like the Lord expects things to be done a certain way. So we have the way things happen, experience, the way things have been done, and the way things should be done. And as you notice, they're all very, very similar. So we now have the voice of Zophar, which is the voice of religion. He says some interesting things. He says in verse 6, he says, True wisdom has two sides. Know, therefore, that God expects exacts of you less than your iniquity deserves. So he's saying to Job, you're suffering because you're a sinner, but you deserve to suffer more. (laughs) In other words, God's punishing you, but he's also being kind. He's saying God's wisdom has two sides. God's punishing you, but he's being kind at the same time because you deserve to be punished a lot more, but he's not giving you at all. Now that, um, it's not true for Job, because as we find out, God wasn't doing it to Job. You know, go back to the first two chapters and we find out that it was accusation. But at the same time, what Zophar says is true. The Lord does bring discipline in the lives of people and the Lord doesn't give to everyone what they deserve. And as you find out, if you become a believer and you walk with him, then you're forgiven completely. And the Bible says that he does not treat you as your sins deserve. Thank God for that. But even sinners, people who don't love the Lord and don't walk with the Lord while they're in this life, they experience grace. The Lord is kind to them. So what Zophar says is kind and true. The Lord's wisdom does have two sides. The Lord does punish, but the Lord's also kind at the exact same time. In verse 10, Zophar says, if God passes by or convenes a court, who can oppose him? And what he's saying is that like, it's, he, he's basically saying it's not right to accuse the Lord. And uh, he thinks you shouldn't question God. Now, I agree it's not right to accuse the Lord, but I do think it's good to question the Lord. Not question the Lord as a kind of like, you suspect his motives are wrong, not that type of questioning, but the type where you want to know what the Lord's doing. I think that type of questioning of the Lord is good, and I've said that before. And there's a really good example of this. And, and you imagine Joseph, we went through the Bible videos in, in Genesis, and in Genesis chapter 37, the Joseph story starts, It skips chapter 38. It continues in chapter 39 all the way through. You can go back and watch those videos. But in the Joseph story, he is a young man full of potential, an educated young man, and yet he gets sold into slavery and he gets basically shipped off away from his family and he's gone as a slave. And I think he was gone from memory something like 13 years. I think he was 17 when he was sold as a slave and I think he was 30 by the time he became the Prime Minister of Egypt. I think it was 13 years from memory. So you imagine Joseph being sold off into slavery. He must have had questions, right? Now you imagine, so just like Job, Job has questions. Joseph had questions. And you no doubt will have gone through some things in your life too, maybe not as severe as being sold into slavery, but you'll no doubt have questions. You'll be wondering why. And so I think Zophar is kind of right. He says we shouldn't oppose God, true, but... Can we question God? I think, yes. I think we can say to the Lord, why is this happening to me? And in the last chapter, Job finally begins to question God for himself. And I showed you, you know, I brought Job on a time machine into our modern era. And, you know, if Job was standing here and looked back at all the good that his experiences have done in the world, he would say, now I see why. And Joseph... The same thing happens to him except it doesn't take three and a half thousand years joseph just 13 years later he says to his brothers what you did for evil god intended for good so he could look back on it and see that god was involved in it and there was a reason and i suggest to you that that even though what zophar says is correct and but it was applied wrongly that it does have an application in our lives and that God is at work in our lives and he is able to bring great, great good out of terrible, terrible pain. And I'm very thankful for that. That's been my experience. I've been through some things that I um, didn't understand at the time. I didn't blame God, but I did question. I did have questions. But there are some of these things that I now look back on and I understand. I didn't understand at the time. And you, either that's happened to you or it's happening to you. Because that is the experience of every human being. You know, we walk by sight. Uh, we, we do not walk by sight, but by faith, it says in the New Testament. And faith is trust. Well, it's easy to trust if you've got nothing to trust about. If your life's going perfect, well, there's nothing to trust. But when we have our struggles and we have to lean upon the Lord, now we've learned to trust. In Psalm 37, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So there are things in our life we do not understand, but the psalmist tells us to lean on the Lord and trust him because he knows. So look, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you are trustworthy and we can lean on you and depend on you. And that's so wonderful. And so we come before you today and we ask, Lord, that you would strengthen our trust like that man in the New Testament that says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, help our trust, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.